You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, Episode 101. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. In this episode, I share an interview with Rebecca Druitt-Card. Rebecca is the president of Public Health Partners, which is a woman-owned consulting firm based in Maine and serving clients throughout the United States. She was also one of my co-hosts on the first Public Health Consulting and Entrepreneurship Expo held back in March of 2019. So if you attended that virtual expo, then you met Rebecca. Rebecca previously worked for the CDC in the Public Health Prevention Service. She has also worked in the state health departments of New Mexico, Oregon, North Carolina, and Maine. Additionally, she has worked in a small university or small college and a large university. Rebecca's career has given her both breadth and depth of experience, which has provided her with opportunities to develop a wide range of public health skills, including social marketing, report writing, intervention development, coalition building, program planning, evaluation, conference and training development, and public speaking. Rebecca joins me on this interview to share her journey into public health, and she shares some tips and advice for students, graduates, job seekers, and advice for anyone thinking about building a business in public health. I hope you enjoy this interview. Well, I am very excited to welcome uh, Rebecca to the podcast. Rebecca was um, on our first Public Health Entrepreneurship Consulting Expo. So Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's such an honor. Yeah, this is great. I know we had a little bit of uh, challenges with getting our schedules together to record this, but I'm very excited to have you here. And if you don't mind, I'd like to jump right in because I'll have a lot of questions. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go. All right. We'll start by telling the audience a bit about yourself, your background, you know, what you've done previously and what you're doing now. Okay. So, um, my name, um, as Charlotte said, is Rebecca Druett Card, and I'm currently um, working as a public health consultant. Um, my business is called Public Health Partners. I have a doctor in public health um, in social and behavioral sciences from Boston University, a master of science in public health from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and a bachelor of arts in biology and women's studies from Gettysburg College in Pennsylvania. So as far as the beginnings of my public health career, um, when I graduated from college, I went directly into graduate school to get my master's degree. Um, so when I finished with that master's degree, what I found was I was really well educated, but had very little experience in the field of public health. So at the time, the CDC had a training program called the Public Health Prevention Service. It was a wonderful program. I wish they still uh, had it because it was designed exactly for somebody like me. It was a three-year fellowship, um, and it provided not only 
experience, but we had opportunities to get training while we were there. So there were um, about 25 of us in my class. And while I was there, I did rotations at the National Center for Injury Prevention and Control where I evaluated some grantee work on intimate partner violence. And I did also rotation at the National Immunization Program, where I helped evaluate a healthcare provider um, intervention for the Vaccines for Children program. Um, And then when I completed my rotations at CDC, I was assigned still as a CDC employee to the New Mexico Department of Health for two years. And while I was there, I worked in the Office of Epidemiology, where my focus was on health disparities, and particularly how they relate to American Indians in the state. And I opted for this particular placement because it allowed me the opportunity to work on quantitative data, which I did not consider to be a strong skill set of mine. And it also allowed me to work within a state that was really different from my previous experience, um, both my professional experience and my life experience. And so then while I was there in New Mexico, I really identified uh, chronic disease as my primary area of interest. And I attribute that mainly to seeing the effect of diabetes on the American Indian population in that state. So when I completed my fellowship with CDC, I actually moved on to the Oregon immunization program, even though I knew that I wanted to work in chronic disease. So what was interesting about that decision was that I saw the value of the Oregon position as allowing me to expand my health education skills and and expertise, because that was really the direction that I wanted to go with within the field of chronic disease prevention. So it really provided me with the experience um, developing communication and education materials. And I needed that in order to continue to work in that capacity within the field of public health. So after a year in Oregon, I then moved cross country. I took a position at the main department of health and human services as a health educator within the cardiovascular disease program. Uh, And my focus was the promotion of nutrition and physical activity. And so that was where it sort of all came together for me, um, the interest and the skills that I developed. And then I transitioned to the role of physical activity coordinator within the main physical activity and nutrition program. And I held that position for about four years. After that time, um, I then transitioned into my current role as a consultant, and I've been doing that for about a decade. Then in addition to that, for the last three years or so, I've served as an adjunct professor uh, in the public health, and also the applied nutrition programs at the University of New England. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I love your story. I love how um, you made some very strategic decisions along the path. You know, you took on a position because, you know, like you said, and with immunization, even though you knew you weren't interested in in chronic disease, but you knew that you could get that experience as an educator. And um, so that was really, I like that you had, you know, strategic moves, even the move to that position within, uh, what was it, New Mexico, where you said, you know, you were able to work with populations in an area that was not 
like what you were used to, was not like you. Um, so you really made the effort to be in a diverse situation to, to gain from that experience. So love, I love that. I uh, would like to ask you now about the services that you provide as a consultant. Can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, who you serve, the type of clients? Yeah, so the clients that um, I serve through public health partners tend to be nonprofits and governmental agencies. And they almost always focus exclusively on chronic disease prevention and control. And so they come to me at different stages of their projects, right? So I have helped clients with their strategic planning. For example, I've authored statewide strategic plans. I've helped with community assessments. They come to me if they need assistance with their program planning, really focusing in on what they should be doing with their limited resources, because they're always limited resources. And then I've actually helped implement some actual interventions, you know, within the communities here in Maine. Um, I've helped with evaluation of chronic disease programs. I've helped develop training materials and also health communications projects uh, for my clients and, and project management. So sometimes my clients are local to me, right? They're they're here in Maine where I'm located, but other times they're not. So I have had national clients who are physically located someplace away from me and we do all of our work via telecommunication. And other clients are, are, as I said, are local and I meet face to face with them and, you know, we figure out how to achieve their goals, you know, personally. Yeah, that's great. And that flexibility, the ability um, to work in both settings is important skill because I know people often will limit themselves to their physical you know, geographic location. And it's really important to be able to just kind of spread your wings a little bit, think outside the box, be a little open to using the technology that is so, you know, readily available to us to do business, you know, with people literally around the world. Right. So that's really great. Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing, especially now how easily accessible video conferencing is to be able to partner with clients anywhere. Um, I did a whole year long project with a federal client in Atlanta and never once met them (laughs) face to face. So um, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing what we can do now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I have colleagues I've worked with now for four years and we meet regularly, weekly, you know, using video conferencing, but I've never physically been in the room with at least half of that team. That's amazing. Some of them I've met face-to-face once or twice, but some of them I've not for four years. And I know them really well. Right. We, you know, you get really get to, like I said, it's the best use of the technology that's available. Um, And we've worked on some really very major projects together and completed several tasks and gone through some life changes together. So it's it's been great. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Learning. Building and enhancing skills that are complementary to your public health education can be a powerful combination. It can help you become more competitive in the job market as a public health consultant and as a business owner. 
LinkedIn Learning is offering our listeners access to their extensive library of resources free for 30 days. You can start now, access anywhere and anytime. Just visit drchuntley.com and click on the resources tab from the main menu. You'll find the link there to access your free trial. So let me ask you, I kind of have an idea, but what would you say, or how would you say your previous roles have helped you prepare for your transition into, you know, what you're doing now as a consultant running your own business? Yeah. So I think um, there are a couple of ways really that my previous roles have prepared me to be a consultant. First, I have found a lot of value in taking the time to work in the various locations that I've worked. There's a lot to be learned from stepping outside of your comfort zone, going somewhere that's completely new to you, learning from people who may not have the same life experiences as you. Um, And even if you move on from that community, you take those lessons learned with you. And so I feel like even though I've been here in Maine for about 15 years now working and I know the landscape here really, really well, I'm able to better position myself um, for some of my more national clients by saying, hey, look, I understand that not everywhere is like Maine and that there are different challenges within communities, you know, that may not look like what I'm currently living in. I've been able to really position myself well with more national clients because I recognize that there are different challenges in different communities um, around the country and that they don't all look like where I'm currently physically located. That being said, I also have seen that there are some common challenges, right? So no matter what your community looks like, who lives there, what the particular health issues are, there are challenges that are universal. We never have enough funding. We never have enough resources to do the work that we know needs to be done. We have a public health workforce that is in need of continued training, right? So I have seen in many of the locations that I've worked, a public health workforce that doesn't necessarily have training in public health. Folks who come from all different disciplines into these state and local health departments. And so they're getting this on the job sort of training. So they're they're constantly learning. And in fact, the science is always changing and being updated. So even folks who have a solid public health education really do need that continued um, development. And also elected officials, right? We have elected officials in every community and the majority of them don't understand public health. Um, i think they're starting to come around, um, generally speaking, to understanding the value of public health, but we're always having to educate and always have to you know, fight for those limited resources. And that doesn't change based on the community that you're in. That's, that's everywhere. And then 
as far as me personally, the skills that I've developed, I have really, as you said, I've made very strategic decisions early in my career to set me up to be in a position where I can consult now. And, you know, I, I may not focus on quantitative data analysis, but I know enough to be dangerous. I know enough to ask the right questions. I understand limitations of data in a way that I may not have if I hadn't, for example, taken a position within the Office of Epidemiology in New Mexico. And yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just end there and say, you know, all of those strategic decisions really gave me what I consider a nice breadth of experience and skills that I'm applying now. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that. Especially that comment, you know, the, you know, enough to be dangerous. I love that because that's so true. Um, having that, that understanding in these different areas that you mentioned, I can see how that's very powerful and you being uh, a strong part of your foundation for your business. Right. So what do you love most about the work that you're doing now? Yeah. So as a consultant, I am able to work with such a variety of clients. And that is what I actually really love. I am a lifelong learner. (laughs) So every time I work with a new client, I am learning something from them. And then I'm able to take that to the next organization that I'm working with. And so that I think for me is what keeps me energized and keeps me going. Because frankly, as an independent consultant, I spend a lot of time in front of my computer by myself. (laughs) And so having that opportunity to engage with a lot of different individuals who may be, you know, coming at chronic disease prevention and control from um, different perspectives is just, it really inspires me to to keep doing what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I can relate to that. I like that. So, you know, our audience uh, for the podcast is such a mixture of students, graduates, professionals of all levels, and all different types of industries. And I would like for you to share a few tips, if you would, you know, for recent graduates who are maybe trying to get into public health career, maybe they've earned their degree and have been struggling to get into the field or, you know, or just anyone that is trying to get into or transition into public health. Um, what tips do you have for them? Sure. So I have a few. And the first one won't surprise you when I say that your first job doesn't have to be your dream job. I really advocate for looking for opportunities that are are going to allow you to grow your skills. Um, You might not be working on the health issue that you have a passion for, um, but you're going to be gaining those skills that are transferable. And that's um, one of my lessons learned, I guess I, is that skills are transferable. And no matter what content area that you happen to be working in, um, you can take what you've learned in a previous position and apply it there. The second thing that I would say is to seek out mentors. Um, So many of us who've been in the field for a long time are really happy to assist young professionals. And I actually submitted a proposal recently that included a previous student of mine. So 
it was a good opportunity, I thought, to include somebody in a project who had, in my class, expressed you know an interest in that kind of work. And so even though we aren't local to each other, you know, as we were discussing previously, the technology allows us to collaborate. So seeking out those mentors, um, I, I remember being a young person in the field and not wanting to ask too much of those who were in senior positions to me, not wanting to bother them. Um, and I would say, don't be scared of doing that because we are so excited about seeing the new professionals <laughs> come through and so excited about the new ideas that are that are coming into the field of public health and the droves and droves of people who are coming to the field for someone like me when i was getting my master's degree there were very very limited options for getting my master's of public health um and now it's just amazing to me how the field has grown um, just in the last 20 years. Um, so ask those mentors, don't be afraid to approach them. And the way you pay them back is by keeping in touch and letting them know what you're up to. Um, there's a lot of networking in public health. And for those mentors who are like myself and who are consulting, you know, it's possible one day you'll be in a position to hire us, you know, to help you with a project. So those personal relationships and learning from others are really key. And then the last thing that I would say is just remember that the work-life balance is extremely important. And if you are not carving out time to take care of yourself, whether it's during your job search or when you're employed, you aren't going to be able to give your work <laughs> the best of what you really have to offer. Um, and I would say that I learned that the hard way. <laughs> so um, I think it's, it's just a really important lesson learned that I try to impart on any new professionals that, that I'm talking to. Yeah, I really like that. Definitely agree with the work-life balance. That's something that um, we really need to, I, we have to focus on that on a daily basis. Um, but also going back to just something you said about mentors, I think what I like the the most about what you said, of course, I agree with it all. But when you talk about that personal relationship and that follow-up, I think that is a really miss. That's a, a key element that's missing quite often. When people think of a mentor, they think I need to have questions and they run to them and ask all their questions, but they don't reciprocate by following up. You know, it's a, it should be a genuine connection. You should be interested in what they are asked, what you, what, you know, of course, what you can get from them in terms of answers to your questions, but also you realizing that you bring something to the table, you know, yes. like you said, yep. the, the, the more senior professionals are, are can be re-energized by that newfound your energy and your enthusiasm and and the the um I guess the the reward of of seeing you develop and progress over the years. I know that that is some of the most uh rewarding experiences for me when I can look at there are people that I will cross my news feed and I'll see a post of something that they're doing and 
um, I can, they're very much, they've completed their masters. They're really in their field doing well. And I can remember when they were an undergraduate with all their questions and not knowing what to do. And, and I can remember when, um, you know, they were at the very, very beginning stages and it is rewarding to see that progression, you know, Absolutely. So that's, um, like you said, developing those genuine relationships is an important part of uh, professional networking. It's an important part of mentoring. If you just ask your questions and run away and you only approach the person when you have questions to ask, they feel used. It's, you know, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. I have one more question for you. <laughs> and, uh, and then I promise we can wrap up. But um, so based on your experience, I'm going to just kind of shift to specifically job seeking or business building type of tips. Um, what would you have for, you know, in terms of someone who may be interested in either business building or specific job seeking? What tips can you share? So my first tip is don't be afraid to switch directions. There are so many different aspects to public health. And you should never feel like you have to continue on a path you've started just because it happens to be where you are. As I said before, your skills are transferable. Um, So you should absolutely feel free to take a leap and try something new. Um, And then the second thing I wanted to say is if you're specifically trying to build a business, uh, there are three things that I think are important. Um, The first is to really clearly articulate who you are and what you do and what you don't do. The second is not to undervalue yourself. So as a consultant, we're often asked to provide an hourly rate for the work that we do. And um, you need to be really honest about what it takes to run your business. So your hourly rate needs to account not only for the education and experience that you bring to the table, but also your business costs. So you need to be able to cover your expenses in addition to paying yourself a living wage. And there's a lot of folks out there who can help you figure out, you know, really what that correct or appropriate rate is for you. And then the third one is to really find others who are also business owners and to seek out opportunities to learn from one another. Um, I would say as a public health consultant, I don't necessarily see others who are doing consulting work as my competition. Um, What I really try to do is look for opportunities for collaborations. So I'm a one person show in my business, but I very rarely submit um, a proposal for work that includes just myself. I'm often bringing on others who bring a particular skill or perspective to a proposal that I think will strengthen, you know, my chances of getting funded. So that mindset I, has really helped me grow my business. And I think it's just really important for others who are coming to the table to also think about it in that way. I like that. And I agree. It's, it's so much, it's so refreshing, you know, when we really consider the, there's so much more opportunity with the mindset of collaboration and as opposed to competition, we can do so much more together. Right. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Goodness, this has been an amazing episode. So much information. Um, I just, 
This is great. I'm going to make sure that all of the ways to connect with you are in the show notes page for this episode. But can you just really briefly for people that are just listening and aren't at the computer, aren't able to look that up? um, How can they find you? Sure. So my website is publichealthpartners with an S dot net. Um, and my Twitter is at publichealthp. Or you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Rebecca Druette Card. Great. And I will link to all that in the show notes. And thank you so much, Rebecca, for, for being on this episode. I'm excited that uh, we've been able to have this conversation to share with everyone else. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch. Well, thank you very much. I'm so pleased to be included uh, in your podcast and really excited to hopefully hear from some folks, um, you know, as a follow up to our discussion. That's great. Special thanks to Rebecca for sharing her public health journey with all of us and for her tips and advice and insights as well. You can find the links to connect with her on the show notes page for this episode, which is episode 101. Just visit drchhuntley.com and click on podcasts from the main menu. Then just navigate to episode 101. Be sure to click the subscribe button right where you're listening. In iTunes, it's the purple button. That way you'll get the newest episodes delivered directly to your mobile device as soon as they're released. You won't miss anything and you'll be among the first to hear the latest episodes. All right, everyone. Until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.